Welcome back to Think Torah. This is another episode of Around the Shabbos Table, I believe. This is episode number four, which is super exciting. We're making our way through um, these awesome episodes. I hope you're enjoying them so far. Think Torah and Around the Shabbos Table is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Go check it out, intentionaljew.com, and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter to receive all the updates on all the awesome podcasts that we have up there. So without further ado... This is so, this is so amazing. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um, just an opportunity to be able to sit and schmooze. You know, we call it a podcast, but to have an opportunity to be able to sit and schmooze with my kid is like really, really awesome. I'll tell you what's what's been kicking around my mind. We are one of the shrimp that I'm giving is Masil Shosharim. We're up to a section of Masil Shosharim, which is so one of the one of the sections that's not really always learned. Right, we go up to a certain parak in Masil Shom. We don't usually learn beyond that, and um, because they, they, we're not even the Masil Shom himself says it, we're just not holding in these places. But it doesn't matter because there's still stuff to take. And if you translate it into English, and I don't mean, you know, you have, you have to translate the English into English, and you you package it in a way, it's really shyach to a person's life. That's a you when know, you teach Masil Shom, you go all the way, like you can make it all the way through. So, I've never made it past precious. And I'm I'm holding in precious now, with a goal to finish. With a goal to finish, yeah. So, so I tell you what's what struck me. You know, how do you how do you explain precious and also to people that are on different levels? Wait, before of we get to, before we get to the actual idea, I just want to break that up for a second. That um, it's so interesting how there are these different parts of a sefer. A sefer is written in its entirety, right? When the Mesil Shem was written, the Ramchal wrote it in its entirety to be learned in its entirety, and really functions for us. Not in its entirety, and it functions like it has a very special place in our hearts and in our um, religious experience. It could it could potentially be a few pages, right? For many years, for myself, that experience was the hakdama wasn't even the sefer itself was so integral to the way I was functioning and to what I was doing. Where he speaks about, in essence, the purpose of life and the purpose of the world. And it was just, it's so interesting to me that you're that. We're like, okay, with that, that in, in my later years, I've come to appreciate Svarim in their entirety, but it's so interesting to me that we teach it and that we learn it and that we relate to it only in, in parts of it. Because, because there, are parts of us that, there are parts of it that are talking to a part of us that's underdeveloped. So we're just not, we're not holding in the place of that. You know, I'll tell you something a little bit to the side, but when you give shurim about the Beis HaMikdash and you give shurim about the Mishkan and you talk about all the symbolism and it's always it's always so exciting for people like it's amazing that you know, this is what the Mizbech meant and this is what the what what, what the Me'il stood for and this is what this represented in the, the, the when you talk about the Menorah Tarsh Balpen the Aranis Tarsh Bechsav and the, the Shulchan is to do with, with sustenance and it's all it's like Meridic it's amazing but you say to yourself like it's so deep and and it's so um, it's so not 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 on the surface. Like you really have to dig up these meanings. So how did it really influence and help people? And the the answer is very simple because we lived on a very different level. When I say lived on a different level, it's not one of those things where you say that oh they were holier than we are. It's not what I mean. What I mean is is that their thought processes was different. They're, they're, they were tracking things in a different way. So when they looked at a menorah, they saw the symbolism of a menorah. 
once had a guy visited the shul. He came to me and he said, uh, we were just talking, whatever. And he, sa- he said something. Um, I was doing something, whatever. And he said to me, oh, that's, you know, 267. I'm looking at the guy, Kaka, that wouldn't mean 267. He tells me it's the gematria of this and this and this. And in, in the five-minute conversation, the guy spewed out like an enormous amount of gematria. So I was standing in home center and a guy was right behind me in line. And, you know, clearly I was a, a religious guy. And he was wearing a baseball cap, I mean, was, you know, in, in working clothes. But he said, uh, you want to hear something pretty about the Pasha? So waiting online, sure. And that sure opened about a half hour. But of Ramazim, that, that were not crazy Ramazim. They were, they were, it, was really, it was really interesting that his mind processed Torah on that, in that way. And I think that that's the way we lived in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. We lived on a symbolic level. So when you did things that were symbolic, when you saw salt on the Mizbech, it meant something to you. When you were told that there was no honey, or there was, you know, the, things were done this way, that meant something to you. I think also in the time of the Mesil Shasharim, you thought in a certain way. You were living Jewish life in a certain way that that was much more shayach to the common man than it is today. Today, we have to work at packaging it to make it more understandable. Anyway, I uh, so, so we're learning we're learning precious precious I think is actually a very important parak because even though th- there are those that will teach precious as even though the Ramchal says don't do it this well, way. Well, let, let's just start a uh, step back. Just explain what precious is and so, then how. You, I was. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, that's actually what what I'm, I'm going to incorporate into this. Amazing. Okay. That that the word precious, which which means so to be a Polish means to be somebody who is who's separated from this world and from the draws of this world. So when you say it like that. So then that's like like from another planet. But when you talk about that it's a person who lives in a world of self-control, a person who is in charge of himself, who is in control of himself, who knows how to, how to indulge and to be in control at exactly the same time. So he knows where the boundaries are, knows where the borders are, knows what's good for him and what's not good for him. That's that. That's the way we teach precious, and that has to do that that concept of being of being a, a parush as opposed to being somebody who's a separatist, somebody who's an ascetic. It means that somebody who is in control. So the Ramchal said something which touched me a lot. The Ramchal basically the impression that he was leaving us with is that the only way that a person could be a parush is if a person that a person could be a, a, could, could be in control of themselves if they understood what was important and what wasn't important because only when you have an understanding of that this because the, the Ramchal says that that we're not saying to leave this world what we're saying is is that you have to you, you have to know in those things that are extraneous those things that you could live without that's where you exercise your self-control Okay, so what the Ramchal is saying to us is that you have to know what's important and what's not important. What's the main and what's the secondary? And it really, it, it, it you know, it really touched me. So we we discussed it in class. We spoke about it a lot in a lot of different contexts. And I gave the class a challenge to to give me examples because it first they were having a very difficult very difficult time with the whole concept. I said, I want you to give me examples of where there's a main and there's a secondary, and we spend our time on the main on the secondary and and leave. Leave go the main. So I'll give you a few of those examples because I, I think that that really is to me, it's almost like the center of the blockages that block us from growing. 
because we don't understand the value of the things that we're doing. We were speaking today when you know when I spoke by Hanukkah. So the erech of things, the the value of things. And, um, and when you understand the value of things, you know where to put them. You know where to put your energy. You know, your little kid, Johnny, comes home from school, and he's got a book report to do. And, uh, you know, I say to Johnny, you know, you're going to do the book report? Johnny says, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get started tonight. And Johnny disappears into his room. And you don't see him for four hours. Little Johnny comes out with the most artistic and beautiful cover for the book report. He's used every marker in the house. He's used every color that he possibly could use. He has drawn it. He has he has gone over it. It's a, it's a it's a master work of art. It belongs in a museum. Johnny, did you read the book? Not yet. So here's Johnny spent all his time on the tuffle, on the secondary, and he hasn't spent any time on the primary. And I think that that's a great symbol for our lives that we, you know, when we talk about a lazy person, when I say the word, that person is lazy, what do you expect to see? Fat slob sitting on a couch, right? Watching the bump television. Bump on the kosher pickle, kid. That's right. That's right. And you just, you just put <laughs> bump on the kosher pickle, right? You just push, you can't get out of it. You're like, you can't move. Right, because you're so lazy. You're sitting there with a beer and a, and a, you know what they call those those uh, t-shirts and you know and whatever, and you're sitting there, and that's not a lazy person. A lazy person is a person who could be working all day long, could be schwitzing, but they're grabbing and living their lives in tuffle land, in secondary land, and not in mainland, not in the Icker. So they're busy, but they're busy doing the wrong things. We have that we have that problem in our learning. That a lot of times in our learning, we pick we pick things that are really secondary that are not necessarily going to advance us in our skills or in our depth of understanding, but that they're much more geschmack, and therefore we grab onto the secondary and we leave go the primary. So this, this was, I couldn't stop giving examples for it. You know, we say, Everything is from, the, is from God, except for the fear of heaven. So that means whether you're going to have a, a slow metabolism or fast metabolism, you know, you, you, can, you can take all the pills in the world you want. At the end of the day, who makes that decision? God makes that decision. Whether you're going to be successful or not successful, Got post your hishtadlos, you know, two, right. two, two discussions ago. So God is going to take care of that. Whether it's going to be blonde hair or no hair, Zadie, what happened to your hair? Right? <laughs> no matter, no matter what it's going to be, that's bidei shomayim. The only thing you have to worry about is your spiritual position in this world. That's it. That's your bailiwick. Everything else, everything else, I Kodesh Baruch takes care of. <laughs> now think about it. Where do we spend 90% of our time? 99.99% of our time in God's domain. We're right. worried about the things that he said, and the chutzmiyir shemayim, the stuff that's the fear of heaven, our spiritual place, we put our least amount of energy in. We grab 
the Iker, we grab the Tuffel, and we leave go the Iker. We grab the 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 secondary, we leave go the Ming. Look, the, the corona has, has helped us shift around some of these things. We've had to ask, you know, we've made simchas um, who've made weddings. We've had to ask ourselves, what's the main part? What's the most important part for us? And what are the parts that we can leave go? Right? We, we've made we've made brisson. We've made we've made you know beautiful things, and we've had to we've had to analyze that and ask ourselves that question: What's the main? What's the secondary? We've had to do it with our own observance of Shabbos because we're we're in our house for our observance of Shabbos as opposed to going to shul. So we have to look at ourselves and say: How do I make sure that this is going to be a beautiful Shabbos? So what's the main part of Shabbos? What's the secondary parts? And and a thinking person is doing this all the time. So the real problem is that we don't think. Right, but I I like that to stop there at at priorities because um, it's in the extreme cases that you see the misuse or the mispriorities and the miss like where people misfire on on what their priorities are, and that's where you can start learning, which is like what you brought up that Corona showed us that perhaps our priorities are often, um, and that's where you can learn. And I love that that that's the context within the context of precious because. That's only the outgrowth. Once you know your priorities, like any like anything in business, once you have a priority list, so then you do what's higher on the priority list and not what's not. It would be silly to do opposite. So I'll I'll, I'll give you one that's that, that that we've spoken about. You know, there was that picture that came in. That that's um, in essence where I wanted to get to. Yeah, okay. so the picture that came from Montreal, Toronto, one of them where it was snowing outside. And they had a, a minion outside, and it was called, you know, the Mysterious Nefesh. And I don't know when, at what point did they cross over the line, and were they grabbing on the tuffle, they were grabbing on the secondary, and leaving go the main. The main thing is diving with Kavan and protecting and, and protecting yourself. I think There's that's like the a lot thing. of issues in that picture. First of all, diving with Kavana. First of all, for those who wear tefillin, no, these are not like, uh, you know— Iron Man kind of material, like these are pieces of leather here, and you're sitting outside in the snow. Are you ruining your tefillin? Okay, so there's tefillin. There's, there's, um, you're getting sick. You're getting cold. You're putting yourself into sakana. There wasn't a little bit of snow in that picture, right? right. This wasn't colder than usual. This wasn't modi'in cold, right? Right. This was this is Canada cold. So, at I, what point? And and you have to ask yourself the question: At what point did I? Walk away from the main thing, and start to start to pick up on the main the, thing being the prayer, and the main thing being connecting to your to your creator through that right. experience. And I know that when it's raining outside and when it's snowing, I cannot pray. I cannot think about anything except for my feet are wet and it's very uncomfortable. I don't under, okay. Maybe I've never been in snow before. I've never had. Uh, this is <laughs> the truth. I've never been in snow like that. This could be. I'm a, I'm a little California boy. But um, those who grew up in Canada maybe are used to it. I, I don't think so. I think this is an example of uh, just mispriorities. Right. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know when you're really going after the wrong thing because it could very well be the thing you're saying is secondary is really primary. Well, do you have a, there, there has to be a formula that you can use to, to ascertain whether or not you're, you're running up a, um, an icker or a tuffle, a primary or a, or a secondary issue. I mean, so let's give an example. Let's see if we can come up with a formula with which we can use to, uh, to, to decide. So let's take, 
uh, is a good example. Let's take a simcha. This is one of the examples I think in your that somebody came up with during the class as well. So let's take a simple example, bar mitzvah. Okay, 13-year-old boy becoming bar mitzvah. What is the primary reason for the celebration of a bar mitzvah? And what is the secondary? So it depends who you ask. If you ask the grandmother, she'll tell you that the primary the primary thing is to see her little tzadikal, you know, to, to see the ankle lane and to... And, and to lead the service and to and to make her proud. Okay, and I, and I hope we know enough to know that that's not that that's not the ikker. The ikker is not even necessarily having an aliyah to the Torah. It's a it's a right that comes along with it. You know, it's, a, it's sort of a you know a, 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 a really an obligation that comes along with it. But it comes along with it. The real thing is is this celebration of of what this day means to a child and for the rest of his life. That that he now knows that this is something that is real, and that he is now in an Eved Hashem, and his life is about being an Eved Hashem, and that everything he does matters. And I don't know how many dads actually have that conversation, not threatening, you know, or not not even tongue in cheek, of you know, kid, now you're on your own. I'm saying that bracha barshaptani with extra kavana, and you know. You're frying for yourself, buddy. I don't, I don't mean it that way, but that that you you inspire the child into the realization that this is not graduation day. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. Right. This is kindergarten in essence, and that and that itself is a reason for celebration. But I feel I think that those who understand the ikker, then the celebration takes on that form. We don't go above and beyond. I don't. Right, it's not about... What, what would a corona dad do? Minions minion shut down. Your kid becomes a bar mitzvah. If you understood... I don't, I don't mind getting a little dangerous territory. But if you, if, if you didn't understand it, then what you would do is you would, you would figure out a way that when corona's over... That your your kid could perform what he had prepared, and uh, so that he shouldn't feel disappointed. Which I'm not putting down, but 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 that he could he could perform what he had prepared, and there are all kinds of um, of halachic and questionably halachic ways of 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 doing that. Or you could say, you know what, he's not leaning on his pasha. It's not going to happen. We can't have a minion. But we as a family are going to make this day incredibly special and he's going to teach us his pasha and we're going to and he's going to lean his pasha for us and we're going to you know and and you know he'll ask us questions he'll do we're going to make a whole thing out of this so that he understands that he is that he is now a teacher he is now a a, a functioning member of Cliosol that is something to give to other people Right there was a uh, to that point there was this uh, a man in Baltimore a Rebbe, who when we were there for the summer told me that his son April May when it was you know in the heat of the lockdown in the U S that his son was bar mitzvah and he was struggling with this idea of how to make it up for his son afterwards and they couldn't do it in shul and he said at the end of the day they they had the bar mitzvah at home the boy turned thirteen they had it with their family they have a large extended family none of them were able to come they did it at home. He said it was the most wonderful, A, Shabbos. 
they've ever had. And B, the, the bar mitzvah was so unbelievable for the child that he didn't, the child didn't need any makeup. He didn't need any makeup. The child didn't, didn't, wasn't waiting for a party, nor a present, nor a time to perform because they, um, perhaps they got to the essence of what the bar mitzvah was. And then these things were, the extraneous things were unnecessary then. Um, and I was, I was inspired by that also. I felt that was exactly this, where he, the, the priorities were straight. Iker and Tuffle. Iker and Tuffle. Main and secondary. That's it. Look, we, we have to ask that question to ourselves on Shabbos. What's the main, the main aspect of Shabbos? And where are we spending most of our time on Shabbos? Well, what, what was something, it could be Corona-related, but what was something that you've recently understood, if you don't mind getting personal here, and I'll do the same, but what was something that you've recently understood that was uh, uh, you were um, prioritizing perhaps the wrong way? It always amazed me when I would see Rebbe's on Shabbos, and they look like Malachi Hashem Tzvokas. You know, the, 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 you, you, saw, you saw certain people that, that just the, the Kedusha of Shabbos was pouring out of them. So, so to me, I would look at it and say, if that's not happening to me, then I'm missing some Iker understanding of Shabbos or Iker experience of Shabbos. Because Shabbos is getting lost in something. And uh, and I don't know if I've if I've fully figured that out, but I'm so incredibly conscious of that now, of of trying to to always tap into things that are that are ikur on Shabbos, which is thinking about thinking about God, thinking about my life with God, our life with God, you know, and and trying to to talk about it and understand it, and and learning God's Torah on Shabbos. You know, I'm not in a I'm not in a position now of of teaching on Shabbos and of and of running a shul on Shabbos, so I have an opportunity to to really focus on my relationship, my 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 relationship with God on Shabbos in the context of Shabbos, and that, that I think is the ikker. That's very cool. So you would say perhaps that the position of being leading a community on Shabbos was prioritized for an amount of time over Shabbos. Yes, but I don't want it to sound sound so gross because the priority of leading a community was leading a community in the context of getting closer to God. Correct. But, well, but that's I, why this conversation really gets fun because when you have when you have right and wrong, you know, a very easy like binary like yes and no kind of thing. So then it's easier to this. Oh, this guy's killing somebody in the name of Shabbos. I can't be. That must be priorities are wrong. But when it's good and good. Right? Is where it really comes out that the, even in good and good you have to prioritize, right? Um, and that's yeah, that's 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 really where the the heart of this conversation lay is if you can if you can start deciding what the priorities that you're actually doing wrong things, then you can get to a place where you can see that even when you're doing good, sometimes that's over prioritized. And that was I was going to bring out a lot of people struggle with this on Shabbos is that they they get into the nitty-gritties of the halachos of Shabbos, and that's their experience of Shabbos, is not doing these things, not using the Erev, perhaps, they're at that point, or not using, not doing different types of cooking and bishal, things, and, and extra chumras, which are good and important, but that becomes their ikr okay. of right. Shabbos, and that becomes their primary reason for Shabbos existing is so that we can keep these laws, and then the tuffle is this experience of Shabbos, which I'm not sure is 
in my opinion, is not the correct priorities and, um, and takes on a very different look of Shabbos over time. Right. Because then it's about laws and not about experience. It's in every single thing that we do. I mean, we, we don't have enough time, actually, to go through every aspect of our lives that, that we have to ask ourselves the question, what's, the, what's my main objective here? By the way, it, it's a really important tool in raising children. My kid, my, my kid doesn't listen to me a hundred times in a day, a hundred times in an hour. But I have to ask myself, what am I trying to, to get my kid to, to what am I trying to, to, to teach him? What kind of person am I trying to teach him to be? And then I have to look at the things that he's doing. Does that really matter in the larger context? Is that Iker or is that Tuffle? You know, he said no to me, but I have to put that in context. That no is not really a big deal. That no is a very big deal. And and I have to know what what Iker and, and what Tuffle is. And I, I can I can train him better, teach him better, I could be a better a better dad, I can be I could be a better a better spouse, I could be a better human being if I know what are the things that are really Iker? Because then the other things who cares? You know, there's a way I heard once that, that somebody characterized it. Is this the hill you want to die on? And I say that to myself a lot. Like, because really what that's saying is, is this the, is this the most important thing in your life? Like, do you want, you want the whole thing to burn on this? And I, I think that's a, that's a great thing. That's another tool in helping us prioritize what really is the most important thing. Okay, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, perhaps even once you're bringing that up to asking yourself, is this what God wants for me? Now, it's a very hard to, to know what God wants, but if... In, in the right and wrongs, it's easier to ask yourself that question. Is this the hill I want to die on is one question you can ask yourself. Is this what God wants for me? It's a personal question, but one can answer that right. and use that as a formula as well to figure it out. And I want to speak to um, chinuch, like raising children, as you said. And that's that, it's, a, it's a fascinating point because I also think just to take it a, a step, maybe in a different direction, but a little bit deeper, that... We want to teach our children how to be good Jews and how to perform mitzvos. So we pick a mitzvah, tzitzis, for a four-year-old boy, right, three-year-old boy, and we and we want him to learn how to how to how to wear tzitzis well. So every day or yamaka, you must wear your kippah every time you make a bracha, and we sort of pick that as as the hill we want to die on. But that's not necessarily the ikker of what you're trying to teach this kid. Through you're not trying to keep that kippah on his head. Promise you, if someone wants to find to keep a keep on their head, they will find one hundred and one ways to keep that keep on. There are sizes, there are clips, there are you can leave your hair a little bit longer and put on clips. You can. We even had ones with uh, Velcro on it for a while, right? There's a hundred and one ways um, before you get to stapling it. Double sided tape. Double sided tape. <laughs> so, if you want, if if your icker, if your point, if your goal is that your son should wear a kippa, then that's what you're teaching him. But if you're teaching your kid that there's something above us, some of the reasons and, and, and fine points behind this, first of all, you have much longer than from three to three and a half. You have a lot more time. Don't get so nervous when he sits and eats breakfast today without his yarmulke. Because either you can say, put on your yarmulke, or you could say, are you going to make a bracha and say thank you to Hashem? Well, if we make a bracha, we have to, we have to put on a yarmulke. And there you've taught him to uh, a much deeper and greater lesson than 
conform and keep and do. You're teaching him the why without ever having to say it and having to teach it and have to formally teach it to your children. So I feel that when you know the priority of what you're of what you're trying to do, and it's not even this is not even learning. This is not even understanding. This is just knowing what the goal of what you are trying to do right. here. You don't need any other farm. You don't need any other books to go and learn and find what is the deeper reason behind. If you connect to it and you want to teach it, then you know what the what the main message that you're trying to give, and you give that over, and then that that would help the chinuch and the the parenting of the child because then it doesn't become a struggle about. Well, Daddy wants me to keep my keepa on, and I and I don't want to. So Judaism stinks, which is usually the uh, the result of those conversations with your child. That's right. Hey, look, every rabbi has to ask himself that question: What is what is it that I want my students to walk away with? And and now let me tailor a learning program for them, for what I want them to walk away with. Right. The Do text I, that you're teaching is the conduit with which you can teach that message. All, but that's that's right, correct. That's not the main. It can't be the main point. That's right. The text you're teaching, then it gets lost, and it's and it's it's too is, technical. Is it the information that I wanted to have, or is it the love of gaining information that I wanted to have? And if that's the case, then I can't make big issues when he when he falters in the information. It, it doesn't mean I ignore it. But can't make a big issue out of it because what I'm really trying to accomplish. If this is my goal, what I'm really trying to accomplish is I'm trying to accomplish him to love his learning. That's why I feel that the most important Rebbe in a person's life is, you know, they say it's the, the one who taught you Aleph base because he's the only one that teaches you real truth. But but is the is his first grade Rebbe. When he starts learning Chumash and he starts learning, you know, Siddur and all those things, the love that he gets in that classroom, not the information that he gets in that classroom, that stuff you can make up. But the love that he gets in that classroom and the geschmack for learning that he gets in that classroom, that's going to dictate, it's going to alter the rest of his life. I know my, my father-in-law is, is that, is a first grade rabbi, um, Adol's father, and his students always come back to me. They are now teachers themselves in first grade rabbi, and they come back and they say what we, what we learned from him was... They didn't learn Yona or any of these, you know, Chumash that they that they learned from him, but they learned a curiosity. No Tosisim. There was no Tosisim. Yeah. There was no it was no Chumash. It was no Navi that they learned from him, but they learned this curiosity for life. They learned this this search for the truth that they've seen from him when they were when they were young, and then knowing him over the over the years allowed them to explore that more. And um, that's that's the most important. Um, it's all about it's all about ignorant Tafel. That's that, that's an, and that's why I'm I'm saying to you that it's something that really is sitting big in my head right now, because I think that it's it, the, the prioritizing of things and the putting things in perspective. You know what's in the front of the picture, what's in the back of the picture. I think that that's uh, that that's an it's a critical thing to do in life. Better to do it when you're younger, though it's harder because you don't really have big picture. But but it's better to do it when you're younger to live a life of prioritizing, take away a lot of stress that way also. Because then you put things in a in a place where they're just not that important. Because they're tough. The second day, if I can get to them, I can get to them. You actually taught me that there was there was some thing that we were doing, and I think it was some computer thing or whatever. And you know, you said, "Well, okay, we'll come back to it. Let's just set this up, and then we'll come back to it." It was something, and I, and I realized, no, let's you know, to me inside it was like. You know, you're an idiot. <laughs> Let's do that first, and then we'll do that. 
And I thought about it. I said, you know, in some strange kind of way, you're actually right because that's a priority. And this is important, but it's not a priority. If it gets done step 10, it'll get done step 10 or 11. It doesn't make a difference. But you can't move on without getting this set up as step number one. And there's just so much of our lives that's dependent upon this understanding of what's Iker and what's tough, what's main and what's secondary. Right. And that opens up the discussion then to decision-making because once you know priorities, decision-making becomes quite quite simple. So decision-making within halacha and decision-making within Judaism, the priorities are the main thing to figure out because once you have a list of what am I doing during during my day, what's important to me and what's not important to me, so then where do I spend my time? It's pretty simple, on the priorities. So this touches so many areas of, uh, of our life, and I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, okay, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Pastor John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Wednesday. At this point, if you're, if you're still eating chalant, I don't, I don't even know if it's called a reheating of chalant. I think it's like a reheat. Maybe you're still in the microwave. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this. And um, feedback to us. You know, make some comments. Let's, uh, you know, even if it generates a discussion that we can, you know, with questions that uh, that are sent to us or or comments that we can bring up as we go along. Um, I think that's uh, that's also a fun thing. Okay, yeah, we're looking. So uh, the best place to reach out, info at intentionaljew.com. And we'll link to it in the show notes. So all you have to do is listen to this on Spotify or iTunes and you'll find it right in the show notes. You just click that and you can email us. Um, with suggestions, questions, topics, uh, bones to pick, things that we're grossly wrong about, which is probably, at least on my end, is probably most things. And um, just, yeah, let's start the conversation. That's what this, that's what this is for. And uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week on Around. Shabbos.